find ways to make developers as productive as possible, as fast as possible with MongoDB. That to me is the heart of what developer relations is. We're translating the technology. So it's not just technology. You can go out and read the docs and we help with the documentation, but it's figuring out how to translate what the importance of the technology into a developer's life so that she can become productive with it and, and help her company or just help herself. Welcome back to the show. My name is Michael Lin, and this is the MongoDB Podcast. Today, we shine a light on the dynamic world of developer relations. I'm joined by Rita Rodriguez, Hubert Nguyen, and Matt Acey to discuss the multifaceted roles and impact of DevRel at MongoDB. From enabling developer innovation to embracing continuous learning, we delve into the heart of what makes MongoDB's developer relations team thrive in an evolving tech landscape. Stay tuned for an enlightening conversation on the future of DevRel, career paths, daily challenges, and much more. If you're enjoying the podcast, take a moment, provide a comment, a rating, let us know what you think of the show. This is going to help us improve and maybe consider sharing this podcast episode with a colleague. Stay tuned. Folks, welcome to the show. It's great to have you on the, on the podcast live. Rita, why don't you start and let us know who you are and what you do. Hi, everyone, and my name is Rhea Rodriguez, and I'm a Director of Developer Relations at MongoDB. Awesome. We'll jump to Hubert. Hello, I'm Hubert Nguyen. I'm one of the developer advocates in our team, and I'm based in San Francisco, California. And Matt, let folks know who you are. Well, first of all, I'm, I'm noticing that Hubert brought a microphone with him to Vegas, which is impressive. I don't even have a microphone that good at home. <laughs> and he carries that around with them. I don't know how you get that through security, but Matt AC, I run developer relations at MongoDB and I'm very grateful to be here. I'm grateful for everyone. I'm looking at the at the list of people that are here and from where you're you're dialing in from and the fact that you're spending time with us this morning rather than listening to the AWS reInvent keynote. Bless you. <laughs> you yeah, actually, don't away. leave. Don't leave. In case you didn't know, there is a keynote going on, but this is going to be better. This is going to be way better, I think, I think. So developer relations, it's, it's kind of an interesting role. And there's so many technical professionals that, that kind of fall into the same set of activities that developer advocates do in developer relations. But I think it might be helpful if we start. Matt, can you help us understand, uh, in your mind, what is developer relations? Yeah. Well, so first of all, I'd say it's different things for different companies and for for even the same company at different stages of that company. For example, when I first joined MongoDB, so this is actually my second time working at MongoDB. First time I joined in 2012. And at that time, developer relations was basically giving away stickers at conferences, at PyCon or, or whatever the event might be, because we were desperately trying to make the world aware that MongoDB existed. Company really started in 2009. So by 2012, we still were trying to get developers to be aware that, that we were around. So that's one aspect of developer relations. And, and honestly, I think that's what you normally see if, you, if you're on Twitter or X, whatever we call it now. I call it DevRel Twitter, where it's people going around speaking at conferences and then getting on Twitter to complain about their middle seat that they got assigned. That's one aspect of, of DevRel, and I actually think it's the least interesting aspect of, of DevRel. Real DevRel, where it, where it becomes super impactful for the business, and it's what we're trying to do here at MongoDB, 
is when you're focused on enabling developers to be super productive as fast as possible with whatever your technology might be, in our case, a, a data platform. And that means building tutorials, how-tos, so, or videos like this. So published content or live engagements. We have spent a lot of our time doing workshops and things like that, where we can go deep hands-on keyboard sort of stuff with, with developers. And then for our more committed customers, we, some of them, like say a large financial institution, one that I have in mind, they have over 50,000 developers. So some of our developer relations work is behind the firewall, as it were, with our large customers, enabling their developers to become productive with MongoDB because they're less likely to be able to show up at a, at a conference and spill their souls and, 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 and talk about the issues that they're having becoming productive with, with our technology or others' technology. So that gives us a closed forum in which to talk with them. But the focus across any of these different mediums or media is to find ways to make developers as productive as possible, as fast as possible with MongoDB. That to me is the heart of what developer relations is. We're translating the technology. So it's not just technology. You can go out and read the docs and we help with documentation. But it's figuring out how to translate what the importance of, of the technology into a developer's life so that she can become productive with it and, and help her company or just help herself. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. It kind of really nails it for me. But we've spent a lot of time, Rita, over the last couple of months even, looking very closely at the mission and the vision and, and kind of what the core objectives are in developer relations. How do you see that? Because, because uh, Matt already kind of covered a lot of, a lot of my thoughts and Mike, with your introduction as well, uh, talking about your journey into developer relations, you covered the, some, the core of what to uh, developer relations. I'm going to give you my perspe perspective of the mission within my own journey. So. It really is what Matt was saying. So it really is that bridging of the gap between technology, the, the, the creators of the technology, the users of that technology, the developers. And it's just not, not just about, you know, providing awareness that, you know, the capabilities of the technology are there, but it's beyond that. It's really building the community where the technology in, is both understood, but also is used for innovation and it's, you know, to, to Matt's point, used rapidly and productively. But in my experience as a software, starting as a software developer that then transitioned to developer relations, I really seen how vital it is to address the different unique challenges the developer face. So I would add upon what Matt and you said, that is about the way we approach it and MongoDB approach it not only in one, one, one size fits all, we really are committing to offer not just knowledge, tools, but all really personalized enablement for developers in their problem space. And really, this is about empowering developers to fully use MongoDB capabilities to, to enable, to solve a diverse array of problems, to become more productive. There really is a mission that is in the, in the, very close to my heart and all of us as developers. And it's a core, uh, core, uh, core of everything we do here, really, on helping develop developers being successful where they are in solving their problems. 
one of my favorite things about this role is I get to help folks. I get to teach folks and help folks understand and become more impactful in their roles. So we're going to get to Hubert next. But before we leave, Rita, there's a question, and it has to do with experience. I think developer relations is an interesting role because it does require so many different aspects of of technology. And depending on the company and the implementation and the, the services and tools available at that company, developer relations can take many different paths. Is it possible for someone to, to get into developer relations without any direct relevant developer relations experience? I'll ask that of Rita. Yes, I, I think I already kind of gave a hint. You, you need to be a, a developer, a technologist at heart for sure. We could give the examples of, of the different skill sets that we need on our team. And we have several developer advocates that are focused on the different programming languages, communities such as Java or Python. So for sure, there is or you know, there is a need of knowing those languages, those tech stacks uh, well. So if you are, as I was, a software developer at heart that had gained a bit of experience, but also loves the community engagement and has grown within a, a certain community and has been, you know, taking a, a lot of uh, love of what you do in terms of uh, learning from others, but also mentoring and coaching others. That's the, that's the right skill set that we need here in developer advocacy. Yeah. And, yeah. and Mike, at, at, at the risk yeah. of getting out of sequence, uh, just to add to that, uh, I hope that every uh, DevRel team across the industry does this. I know that we do. We actively look for people that will represent the world outside of MongoDB and represent our customers. So that means diversity in terms of uh, things that you might gender or other things like that. But it also means diversity of talent uh, in hiring recently for some AI-specific roles. We actively did not look for folks, I mean, it's not to say that we wouldn't hire these people, but we didn't go out and look for people who runs DevRel for AI at AWS and, and let's try to hire them. That wasn't the, the intent. We actively looked for people that have that practitioner experience as a data engineer or somebody that's on the ground doing this work at a bank or at, at some other organization because we value that experience, that diversity of experience. What we don't want is a collection of people that have been doing DevRel as a, as, a, as a career their entire lives. We want people that bring diverse perspectives of all kinds and thinking about diversity and across a range of different spectrum factors. Yeah, yeah, great points. So I wanna get into the life of someone in DevRel and who better than Hubert to talk about some of the things that you do on a daily basis? Yeah, so I think it's quite varied depending on your role, but for myself, I typically have three to five things going on that could be coding projects, creating content about the code I previously created. It could be public speaking, creating presentations for that purpose, or traveling to work, to deliver a workshop or something like that. So there's quite a few things happening at the same time. And you have to juggle a little bit with that. I'd say there are also peaks and valleys. So for example, right now I'm at in Las Vegas for AWS, a reInvent, and it's going to be super busy this week, but the week after that is much lower and, and, you know, I can get back to things that I had to, 
live behind for a bit. So that's, that's my daily life. And some, some people also ask me if I have a lot of meetings on a weekly basis. And I looked into my calendar and I, I have about 10 to 12 hours of meetings a week. So I think it's pretty good. Yeah. Quite a diverse set of things that you, that you get to work on. What are some of the challenges that you face as a, as a developer advocate daily? Yeah, so I think you have to learn a lot of new things. So if you go back to like just July, so since July, I had to learn like a new PHP framework, how to use like the containers and, and GitHub code spaces. I've had to learn how to use Wilco, which is a, a, a quest system that we use for, for teaching people how to use MongoDB. And, and there's our vector search AI. <laughs> so <laughs> all of that happened in the span of five months. So that was quite challenging, plus the trouble. And I think if you want to be a developer advocate, you have to love learning because you will have to learn all the time. And especially at MongoDB, because we have so many new features coming out. I mean, it's just hard for myself to keep up with uh, all of them. Yeah. Yeah. So we're getting some questions in the, in the flow of comments. Some of them are technical related. We've got so much content and so many streams planned. We're going to have an office hours coming up where we'll take your questions live that are of a more technical nature. Today, we're focusing on the developer advocate role. And I want to take a moment and pop up this banner. Unfortunately, it's not clickable, but you can, you can click below. There are links below. That's going to take you to a, a job listing for a developer advocate. Matt, can you talk a little bit about the, the key things that you look for in a successful uh, applicant in that space for a developer advocate? Yeah. But I, I will first I'll preface it by saying in addition to that job, so there are others that we just haven't posted yet. So if you have interest and then then please reach out. And so don't be feel constrained by by the posting that's up there now, because there are other things. And so in terms of what we look for, first, probably more than anything else, is is attitude. And part of that, I would say, is curiosity. Hubert talked about the need to learn. We need people that are, that are flexible because that's, that's the world we live in, right, of, of technology. It's constantly changing, um, sometimes maybe not as much as we think. We still have COBOL around, after all, um, as an industry. Uh, but things are changing. And if you think about the explosion of generative AI over the last year or two, um, everyone on the team is having to figure out what do we do with that. So this curiosity and a, and a willingness to learn is central to something that we look for. We're also looking, and I see based on the the locations of people, and I can kind of guess at languages, we need not only expertise in programming languages, we need expertise in in spoken languages. Throughout APAC, it, as just one example, APAC and Latin America, these are both big growth areas for us as a company. And so I and my team are desperately trying to figure out right now, how do we, how do we deliver all this great content that we talked about before and this enablement? How do we do it in Mandarin? How do we do it in Brazilian Portuguese, how do we, et cetera, et cetera. So like if, if you speak one of those languages, you're on this because you care about MongoDB. Well, guess what? There are probably 100,000 others like you and you could be one of our developer advocates that helps reach 
people in Nigeria or Tanzania or, or wherever that might be. So uh, diversity of languages is important to us. And then coming back to, to something that Rita said, we need people, we don't necessarily need people with a DevRel background. In fact, like I said in, in the chat, sometimes we explicitly look beyond that and don't want that because we want you to be an expert or, or knowledgeable in a, in a given area and have empathy with, with the customer because that empathy is super important. But we do need people that are either, and we hire people at all different levels. We can hire people who are very junior in their careers or people like Uber, frankly, who are, who are not so junior and is really, really smart. And Uber is one of the best people that I've ever worked with. So Uber is the model for you to look at. But so it kind of doesn't matter where you are in your career, but we need you to be, if you're interested in working here, we need you to be curious, demonstrated some proficiency. And that could be in an open source project that you've built yourself or something that you've contributed to or in your, at your, at your job, like your day-to-day -day job where you work. But like, again, we can, we can make use of people at any stage of their career because we need, we need everything. We like to grow people at MongoDB and, and we also like to benefit from growth that others have experienced elsewhere. Rita, or, or actually, Mike, you're the. You're the MC, so I'll, I'll shut up. Okay. I was going to say, does anybody else want to add to that? Yeah, add, add, please jump in. Rita, do you have thoughts on that? I was just going to to add that I I guess I guess being being be, being a technology a developer at heart, but as what Silverbert said, you you need to be always learning and learning new things and having that curiosity that Matt is saying, but having the passion of enabling and and coaching and mentoring others and. You know, being able to really be in that space of, you know, technical proficient meets community interaction. You should be part of a community. You should be proud of that community. And you should, that, that's where we're looking for as well. Uh, honestly, in my own journey, I, I have to say how many different te technical communities made me grow, but also made me leave my country and travel and, and show me the opportunities of the world. So that's the type of thing. Building the community is super important too, and being part of one. Yeah. Yeah. So I had the benefit of transitioning from my current role as a solutions architect and working in technical enablement into developer relations at the behest of someone who really aided my arrival at MongoDB, somebody that kind of was a mentor for me. And um, the transition was, I think it was easier in that respect. But coming into, Mon into developer relations from another role, what can people expect in terms of the the interview process and maybe this goes to to rita like what, what can i expect if i'm applying for this role and i have some interesting skills on the initial application and i get called what does the interview process look like it's, it's not quite well that that's a, a, a tricky one to to answer because i guess it will um will depend a little bit on the on the role there is there is different different areas within developer relations but let's let me focusing on on the one that that I that I can control and developer advocacy. Um, so I would say it's it's a typical meeting your hire manager, meeting your team and peers. But there is always a technical component. So if we're hiring an AI specialist, we're going definitely to do uh, a technical interview that is going to deep dive and trying to know what's your background and knowledge within AI. 
uh, within these interviews, we're definitely going to try to see how much of you, your knowledge versus you mentoring others and contributing to the AI communities is, is part of your, your, your day-to-day in life as well already. And then kind of another final, another part of the process would be for you to choose one topic that, for example, what Matt was saying, if you have an open source project that he, you're very proud of and he actually impacted well the community that you belong to, you could present that project. You come and, and, and teach us as well. So you come with the perspective of uh, will be developers or technologies within your community and you come and teach us what you've done and what your project is about. And that will also determine that, you know, your communication skills and, and that more kind of learner, sorry, coaching teacher capabilities that you have to have in this role. Yes. So generally, generally in developer relations, you're going to have to be technical and you're going to have to be a good communicator. Are there any specific languages or skill sets that we look for? Well, for again, if you are looking at certain specialities, like if I would say in AI, I'm going to look at that the umbrella of AI technologies and tech stacks. My 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 drill down in, for example, to some of the programming languages that are more well known, like Python and Node.js. But if we are, for example, looking for a Java expert, we may ask, you know, are you a Java and 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 Scala and Kotlin expert too? So we, it's going to the point that Robert was trying to say is, we want to bring your speciality to the place, but we also want to see how how much of a learner and fast learner you are within the agents tech stacks of your community as well, for example. Yeah. Uh, Hubert, what did you bring to the table when you came to MongoDB? What kind of skills did you have? So I think the uh, most important skill I had is I can listen to developers before I start uh, speaking. But technically, I had a background with uh, PHP and I did a lot of web development in my previous job as a as a media publisher. And before that, I worked in the video game industry. So I had some background in C++, computer graphics, and uh, games in general. So that's what I came with. And you know, when you work in, in web publishing and web development in general, uh, and you know that very well, Michael, you, you have to know web servers, databases, and there's a, like a whole host of things that needs to be put together for a product to work, which is a little bit different from, let's say, the video game development, where you focus like everything on, on like your C++ skills and delivering like a, a standalone app. Uh, and these days it's a little bit different because you have online games and all that, but it's a, it's a very different type of work that I enjoyed and I came to MongoDB with some knowledge of MongoDB as well, because I used it a little bit during my web development time. Yeah. Now I know both Matt and Rita have had multiple times at MongoDB. I'm curious, what brought you, Matt, to MongoDB initially and, and maybe talk about what brought you back? The same thing both times. Um, the, well, actually, if you want me to be completely honest, the first time my, it was my wife telling me that I needed, <laughs> I worked for a bunch of open source startups and she said, well, you need a job. 
I said, Hey, can we do some work around our house? And she said, yeah, as soon as you get a job that lasts for more than a year. <laughs> so that's the honest truth about uh, how I ended up at MongoDB because it was a, it was a growing stable, seemingly stable company that's proven to be true. But the thing that actually motivated me to take the job was a conversation with Max Shearson, who was the first CEO of MongoDB. And Max told me, um, he kind of laid the groundwork and he said, at MongoDB, we're going to change the way de developers work with data forever. And I, I bought that vision and some circumstances came up and I ended up leaving. But when I had the opportunity to come back, Mark Porter, who was our CTO, reached out to me and we started talking about the possibility of coming back. It was that same vision of changing the way developers work with data. You know, in the interim, so it was like eight or nine years between the time that I had left and I'd worked at Adobe and I ran a, some app, some part of DevRel there. And then I went to AWS and did some, what I thought was really interesting work there. But the chance to come back to MongoDB was, was huge for me. And in the interim, in those eight or nine years, you know, the company went from zero to a billion in revenue and we're still just at the very start of that journey of changing the way developers work with data forever and so that was inspiring to me i was like wait i'm, I'm coming back eight years later and we still have the same mission and we still have so far to go it was super mm -hmm. exciting yeah yeah rita so for me, the first time I came, I guess it was very, very similar to what Hubert was was explaining. So been been in the software industry, developing for for actually in the last few years, mostly for enterprise companies, which you enter kind of in that role of of how can I say you are within layers and layers. So you lose a little bit of context, which who are your really real users in the end of it. And you're solving problems and you have really interesting tech stacks like MongoDB, which was one of them for me, but I was far from the user. So I naturally on my developer engineer career actually start looking for customer facing roles. And this is when I actually saw an opportunity as well as you, Mike, to start in, in solution architects in MongoDB. So I already love the product, already was part of the community. And, and then suddenly someone told me, you could be talking to those users and those users are developers like you. I was like, oh, I totally want this job. So I went <laughs> very happy. Anyway, life, life took me in, in different directions. After that, I, I learned a lot in MongoDB. The reason I still come back and I'm very happy to come back right now, it's beyond just the community and the product is really, really about the culture and the people. I really love to be here. I love, I, I come every time, like I came back and it, it feels like, oh, this is familiar. This is nice. And, and to, Matt, to Matt's point, there is still very important uh, values and, and, and business to be done. And the product continues to be awesome. And the community is amazing. So it's a pleasure to be honest. Yeah, I'm happy. I agree. I'll echo those sentiments. I mean, uh, we've traveled a similar path in our careers, uh, was an engineer for a while, architect, and then spend time in solutions architecture. And when the opportunity became available where I could leverage the skills I have as a developer and the, the passion that I have for communicating and teaching people, wow. I mean, it's just, it all comes together. There's this term called Ikigai. Are you familiar with that? Any of you heard of that? Ikigai. It's, it's kind of this, 
this point where your passion meets your skill and the opportunity becomes available. And I, I kind of look at <clears throat> MongoDB and DevRel as, as that for, for me anyway. So I want to remind folks that are tuning in, we're talking about developer relations. If you have questions about the developer relations role, maybe you're not a developer advocate today, but you're interested, you could put those questions in the comments. If you have technical questions, there's a, another link that I can share with you where you can jump into the, the forums, the MongoDB community forums. It's a great resource. It's so active and vibrant today. There's so many people asking great questions and so many people answering from the community, not just MongoDB. I try and jump in there at least once or twice a day and take a look at the questions that are coming up. If you're interested in developer relations roles at MongoDB, there's one current and there will be more coming. So you, you might want to bookmark this. Uh, unfortunately, I can't share a link, but I think down below you can click the link in the description of the video. And if you're, if you're an engineer and you're tuning in because you're interested in MongoDB, there's another link I have for you. Engineering careers. We've got quite a few roles in engineering available. If developer relations or developer advocacy doesn't seem to be your cup of tea, you might want to click that link and check those roles out. So once again, if you've got questions, load them up in the comments. We'll try and get to them live. Lauren Schaefer, oh my goodness, a former DevRel at MongoDB. She's doing great work. Good to see you, Lauren. Thanks for tuning in. I want to focus on the future of Is DevRel. Is Lauren coming back? <laughs> He's like, yes, we hope so. <laughs> All right, I love open roles. <laughs> right. <laughs> come back, Lauren, come back. So I want to transition and, and maybe talk a little bit about the future. AI is such a massive, I don't know, game changer. And it's certainly affecting the work that we do at MongoDB and specifically in developer relations too. But what else is in the future, Matt? Wow, it's hard to see beyond AI right now. I Maybe I'd answer it by, I'd answer it in two ways. What, the first is by saying, I think this, future of AI is going to take a long time. So right now it's getting all the, all the buzz and it would be easy to dismiss it as just hype. And frankly, I don't know, two years ago, maybe I, I did just that. I, so I write a lot for InfoWorld on the side and, and kind of came to the conclusion that there's a lot of smoke here, but not a lot of fire. And then I started talking with developers like Simon Willison and, and others, the Yogan well, and some others, and and it became apparent that there is a there is real substance here. However, even though like right now up on stage, I know at at reInvent, they've had the CEO of Nvidia up there, and they've been and they've already had. Some, I mean, it would be impossible for someone to do a keynote these days and not talk about generative AI. That's that's been up on stage and will continue to be on stage at reInvent. But similar to the MongoDB trajectory, we're at the very early stages of, of AI. And so within DevRel and just in general in the industry, I think we have so much work to do to make AI substantive and useful for developers in their day-to-day -day work. Things like Copilot, AWS, or Amazon Code Whisperer, Google Cody, we're just seeing the, the earliest hints of what can be done there. So there's a lot of work for us to do within DevRel and just within the industry to make these things actually useful for developers. Not, not as demos up on stage, which is a lot of what we see now, but, but substantive things that people can bring to their, to their work. 
So that's one thing. But the other thing is, I would say, I don't know. You say, Mike, what's coming? I don't know. Like, but that that comes back to the curiosity that is needed. I, I, I mean, I think we'll see more work being done with, if I think of like, how do developers work today? They work with frameworks, things like Next.js. They work with increasingly with tools like, uh, like Amazon Code Whisperer. And what will be the next thing that developers use? I don't know. But that's what, one of the things that's so exciting about developer relations is we don't have to know. Our job isn't necessarily to predict the future. Our job is to take that future as it's, as it's becoming current reality and make it useful for developers as quickly as we, as we possibly can. And that's, that's what we do all day long at, in DevRel at, at MongoDB. I, when I started this, I, I said our job is to translate the technology to make it useful for developers. And it's also to take the experience that developers are having with that technology and bring that back and translate, translate that into product changes that we might make to make it more approachable or marketing messages or, or other things to make what we do more accessible for developers. So again, I don't see our job necessarily as, as being about predicting the future. And I know that wasn't your question, Mike, but, but it's about making the future useful in the present for, for developers. And I think we do a pretty good job of that here. And I think we'll continue to do an even better job of that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll ask Rita next. What kind of things are you excited about in the future of DevRel at MongoDB or in general? I guess, I guess to Matt's point is the continually having listening to what's happening in our communities and more excited to drill down, you know, within each language communities with either that's Java, either that's Python, either that's JavaScript, all the new frameworks or even older frameworks with new capabilities. How, how can we be part of that growing tech stack development and how can we bring that closer to what MongoDB can do all together with that tech stack. That continues to be what excites me more because we can go deeper and deeper. Of course, AI, machine learning, Gen AI, that, that, that opens another level of frameworks, for example, either in the Python and, and JS world, which is quite exciting. And the team will be working on that. And he's already working and will continue working on that for next year as well. But if I'd say something that really excites me, it's the other point that Max, that Matt was giving us, which is, you know, doing the outreach on more in a more, in more personalized, localized way. So really being part of uh, the APAC communities and be able to, to speak and, and talk to them and write to them in their language in, in, within their context. That is what is excite me next. Yeah, we have a request for you to translate to Portuguese. Oh, but if Portuguese from Portugal, <laughs> you wouldn't understand. So, <laughs> okay. Apologies, Stephanie. So I'm gonna I'm gonna change the question a little bit. I'd like to to get into the into your head, Hubert, about what excites you about what you're working on, and I, I'd like to understand how you get prompted. Wh where do you get the things that you're working on? Obviously, we've got a list of things that we we should be focusing on, but talk about what you're excited about and and maybe how you get some of those ideas. Okay, yeah. So I think at a high level, I really like helping people. So I try to find problems to solve. For example, I, I go to the MongoDB forums every now and then, and that might give me some ideas for content. 
Secondly, I, I really believe in the product. So some of the new features that are really interesting to me, like uh, vector search uh, and search in general. So I've done a fair bit of work based on, on my interest for those particular features. And I tried to mix that with my, the technical background that I had before coming to MongoDB. So for example, I worked on a WordPress plugin that integrates MongoDB Atlas search into WordPress. So it's coming soon, <laughs> but it's something that I wanted to do to kind of blend two of my passions, WordPress and MongoDB in a project that, that could be really useful to a lot of people. So that's, that's one way. I, I think it's the main way that I get most of the ideas that I work with. And sometimes, you know, we do have requests. So we, we had that request to collaborate with product marketing on the, on the PHP week. And that wasn't my idea at all, but I, I really did my best to make it work. So we just concluded that. You're very awesome on that. <laughs> PHP <laughs> week. What a great week of PHP focused content, live streams. Just, I really enjoyed working on that. I want to, we're, we're coming up on time, but I want to focus a little bit on MongoDB and the career path available. So Matt, I'm going to turn it to you and, and ask you to share, you're at a, at a leadership level and you mentioned that we're hiring, maybe not at the moment, but eventually at different levels. What kind of career path is available for someone who comes in to a developer relations role? Yeah. Well, I mean, the, just within dev, within developer relations, there's, I don't know, there's a number of different things that you can do. We, for example, somebody with, uh, we mentioned in the, in the chat, the community forums, somebody with not, not can be relatively, and I want to be clarified that because people, the folks on our community forums, engineering team are real engineers and, and do real engineering that they can be relatively young in their careers because they spend, and they spent in that role will spend a lot of time triaging with more experienced engineers within the company to get answers, to get really strong answers. And they learn in that process. So that's a good way to come in and learn or as, as kind of escalate in terms of seniority within the, I don't want to say seniority in terms of years, but more seniority in terms of experience. Things like the, the, frankly, the work that Uber is doing or that, or you, Mike, or, or I was going to give names that no one would, would recognize people on the team that are distinct, could be distinguished engineers. And they then spend their time as experts working with our most committed, trusted customers, developers within those, within those customers. And I know Uber has done some of that work. So it, it runs the gamut. So they can do all sorts of things within that. But also within DevRel, we want the growth of, of individuals because you see people come back like Lauren, feel free to, feel free, free to apply. We'll gladly take you back. The, you see people leave, either leave the team and stay within the company, maybe to go on to be a solutions architect or move into engineering or something, something else within the company or leave the company and come back the way that I did or that Rita has done. We're concerned with growth. We want people to grow. And, and sometimes that means leaving the, leaving DevRel for a little bit. And then again, hopefully coming back. So there are all sorts of opportunities within DevRel 
and to grow both within DevRel and to grow out of DevRel and then to come back in, in different roles. Mm. Yeah. Rita or Hubert, anything to add to that about the transitions and, and career path? I, I would I will just call out that, again, if you really are aspiring to start a career in DevRel, it, it really is about embracing your tech, the, the communities you are in, you know, you, you need to learn from it, contribute to it, guide, you know, be a guide. Really, they've really not, it really is not just about understanding technology or be a specialist in one technology, uh, potentially several, as Hubert was saying, but really is about understanding people and their needs and developers and, and having that ability of being part of the journey of continuous learning and growth either on the technical side, either on the communication and, and, and teaching education side as well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Great. I just wanted to add that it's not because you're a really great engineer that you're good at explaining anything related to it. And, and if you're fortunate enough to have the gift of engineering and education, you should definitely consider working with us. Yeah. I want to get super specific for a moment. You bear. What are some of the tools that you use in your daily life as a developer advocate? Well, there are various tools, but I, I would say things like VS Code or PHP Storms would be like my main editing tools. And I'm on Windows, so I use WSL, so Windows uh, subsystem for Linux mm -hmm. uh, quite often. I'm actually more in, in Linux than in Windows these days because of the type of work we do. And I've been using GitHub code spaces quite a bit more than before because it's super convenient if you're working on a, on a code sample or a workshop that you want to deploy with minimum friction. And I regret that I didn't learn that skill before actually. Uh, so now I'll, I'll apply it more and more. Great example of, of good developer advocacy at work. We're just coming up on time. We're at 50 minutes. Uh, I want to ask if there's anything you'd like to share. We'll go around the table. Matt, is there anything else you think the audience should, should hear? No, just that I think DevRel generally can be a fascinating place to work. It's a great opportunity to learn new technologies, to experience. Rita talked a little bit about travel, even, even with our focus more on engaging and enabling developers and a little less than going and speaking at, at awareness generating conferences, uh, we still do a fair amount of travel. So that, so there's that opportunity. Um, I just invite people to, to reach out to us, like, and, and to talk with us, like we would love to hear from you. And the, again, the diversity of people that I see showing up here, it's inspiring to me. And that's, the, that's exactly what we want our DevRel team to look like and to represent. So your experience matters and please reach out. We, we'd love to see if we can find a way to put it to use here of that. So I want to remind folks, there's a link at the bottom of the screen. It's also in the description to a developer advocacy role at MongoDB today. If you're interested in that, jump into that link and, and apply. Rita, any parting words, anything else you'd like to share? Are you putting me on the spot? <laughs> we can pass to you, Bear, if you like. Lester is going to be applying today. Awesome. <laughs> okay. So maybe my parting words would be, I'll be at uh, AWS reInvent uh, all week this week. So if you happen to be around here and are interested in this topic, feel free to stop by the MongoDB booth and let's have a chat. One of my favorite things.
booth work at MongoDB at reInvent. I love it. I miss it this year, but Rita? I can, I can give you my priority work. So actually, as what what, uh, what Mama was saying, please reach out to, to me in LinkedIn and we can deep dive a little bit more on career paths and career opportunities. Glad to, to talk to you all about it. Great. Well, I'll hide the banner so your names come up. Feel free to reach out to any of us on, on LinkedIn. I'm always uh, happy to, to jump into a conversation if you've got questions about the role or, or maybe even a, an appearance on the MongoDB podcast. Reach out. I'm uh, available on all social channels. Guys, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to help folks understand developer relations at MongoDB. Once again, if you're interested in developer advocacy, there's a a banner in the description. Go ahead and click that. There's some other information that might be helpful to you. If you're interested in MongoDB, it's super easy to learn. You can start with a free Atlas instance. It's free forever, by the way. You don't have to put a credit card in. You can just jump in, spin up a free forever cluster and deploy some sample documents in your database. And that's how I got started. I mean, I just deployed MongoDB locally and, and learned it. Super easy to learn. There's drivers available for every language and framework. So I hope this was helpful. Folks, thanks very much. I appreciate you taking the time today. Awesome. Thanks for having us, Mike. Have a great day. Thanks so much to Rita, Hubert, and Matt for joining me today. If you want to learn more about the MongoDB Developer Relations team, the opportunities available, visit the show notes. There's links there for you. Don't forget, please leave a comment and a rating. Maybe share this episode with a colleague. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day.